Welcome to the Village Church Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and taking the time to listen. We've prayed that this podcast channel blesses and encourages the Village family. So lean in with an open heart, eager to grow, and enjoy the episode. Um, good to be here today, and good to hear um, what God's doing in different parts of the world. We've sung this morning about light of the world, there's freedom in his name. So we continue this morning with the series, um, Complete Christ, the I Am Statements of Jesus. So this morning, no guesses, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Great news. Um, Have we got any morning people here, or are you all afternoon, evening people? Any morning people? I'm a morning person. So I'm a morning person. Even on holiday, I wake up early. I think there's things to do. Got to get going. The dawn is coming. Wake up before dark. I'm that kind of person. Um, When I was younger, it's hard to believe now, but uh, we all were once. I did a lot of hitchhiking. Do you know what hitchhiking is? <laughs> Standing on the side of the road waiting for hours sometimes. But as a result of being a hitchhiker around the South Island, different places, um, a bit crazy, I would sleep in all sorts of places. So I'd sleep on the side of the road, I'd sleep in paddocks, even slept in the church doorway. Uh, they must have prayed for me because a year later I was saved. But um, it sounds a great thing, sleeping out under the stars. But when it gets cold, have you had that experience? Maybe you're, you're a tramper and you're, you're out there tramping and you're cold and you're just waiting for the dawn. You're just longing for the, the sky to change, but it just remains dark. And um, then there's a change of light, and you think, oh, "Great!" And it seems a long, it seems an eternity before you first see the sun hits the trees in the distance, or hits the tops of the mountains, and then finally the sun breaks through, and uh, you crunch your way across the icy ground. Not so good. Um, but in those days, I was in darkness spiritually. My, 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 I was a long way from God, and I was walking in darkness spiritually. The world is in darkness without Christ. If you've got your Bible, um, turn to John chapter 8. And reading verse 12. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. What an amazing statement. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So when Jesus spoke this statement, he went up to Jerusalem So it was at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles and Israel was waiting for dawn, spiritually. Israel lived in hope of 
the Messiah coming, the Saviour of the world. And the Feast of Tabernacles was to commemorate their exodus when they were delivered from slavery and came out of Egypt. They'd been slaves for 400 years and they came out through the desert. And this was to commemorate this time where they had lived in tents. And so they'd make the pilgrimage to Jerusalem and they would construct little booths, tents, maybe in a shady spot, um, in a courtyard somewhere, even up on a roof. They would erect these booths, maybe, I don't know, maybe once again, analogy from Trampers, a bivouac. Ever, ever made a bivouac? They made these bivouacs. We'll call them bivouacs as Kiwis. And inside they would have a little lamp and they'd have a, a table with three legs. And they'd be maybe covered with uh, willow and olive branches. So here they had these booths and preferably in the shade. And during this Feast of Tabernacles, they would have two ceremonies. And the first was a water-drawing ceremony. At the top of the southwest corner of the temple mount, the priest would blow the shofar. Ram's horn. Suddenly a priest would exit from what was called the water gate on the south side of the main temple, carrying a golden pitcher, sort of a jug, and would lead a procession to the Pool of Shalom. We will refer to the Pool of Shalom later in chapter 9. At the pool, he would plunge the pitcher and recite, Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation, the water symbolizing the Holy Spirit. And it was in that context that Jesus made the amazing statement, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That was the first statement he made. But the second ceremony was when the priests and the pilgrim would gather in a courtyard with there would be these four huge lamps, these candelabras, and they would illuminate the surrounding district. And they would, uh, the men of piety and good works used to dance uh, before these oil lamps with burning torches in their hands until morning. And this was to um, symbolize two realities. One was the reality of the light of lights, the Shekinah glory of God. There'll come a day when there'll be the Shekinah glory of God. There won't, there won't be the need for a sun or a moon, Revelation tells us, but it'll be the light of God. And the second one was the Ha or Gadal that symbolized the great light that would bring light to those who were spiritually dead and dwelling in darkness. And it was in this context, it was in that context that Jesus made the statement, I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Hallelujah. What an amazing statement to make that statement, I am the light of the world. When, when Jesus said, I am the light, in the Jewish mindset, 
that not only the word I am, but the light, they immediately associated light with God. For the note takers, Psalm 27 verse 1, the Lord is my light. Isaiah 60 verse 19, the Lord shall be thy everlasting light. Job 29, by his light I walk through the darkness. And Micah 7, 8, when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. For the rabbis and the spiritual teachers, they use the word light for the Messiah. They would be referencing scriptures like Isaiah 9.2. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who lived in the dark land, the light will shine on them. That prophetic uh, word about the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. So the Jewish mindset, light, God, synonymous. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 1 and we'll read verses 4 to 9. There's a lot in John that speaks about light. John 1, 4 to 9 says, In him was life, and life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not grasp it. A man came, one sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. He came to testify about the light. This was the true light that coming into the world enlightens every person. He was in the world and the world came into being through him and yet the world did not know him. How does Jesus enlighten every man? If you've got one a title for this message, it's the rev, it's the light of the world, the revealer of men and the revealer of God. Sorry, the revealer of God and the revealer of men. The revealer of God and the revealer of men. God enlightens us by giving revelation of who God is. He who has seen me has seen the Father, Jesus said. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Hebrews 1, 3 says, He is the radiance of His glory, an exact representation of His nature, and upholds all things by the word of His power. Jesus God, we see Jesus, we see God, the revelation of God. He's the one that can shine in the human heart and and give understanding of who God is. An old evangelist, maybe some of you know him, he's gone to be with the Lord now. I very much respected this man, his name was Ross Tooley. He said, people need to know, they need to know who God is, but they need to know what he is like. They need to know his character. What is, what is God's character? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory. And of his fullness we received grace upon grace. A.W. Tozer said, God is the most winsome of all beings. God is the most winsome. He is the most, that, that word we don't use today, but I, I just can't get past it. He is the most winsome of all beings, the most attractive of all beings. We won't exhaust knowing about God. It came out in the prayer meeting this morning. Through eternity, we will learn more about him. Forever and ever. You know that, that, that word in Ezekiel, how the man was up to his ankles and he went a bit further and he was up to his knees and then he was in a river that was too big. You know, I'm just, I'm just up to my ankles. There's more of God for eternity. So in this life, who believes they need more revelation of God? I do. I need to know more of him. Oh God, I see in a mirror. I see in a mirror dimly. But there'll come a day when I'll see him, the Bible says, face to face. Here's a point of application this morning. Peter says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever. Amen. Oh God, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. So light reveals God, but also, obviously, light shows the way. In the wilderness, there was the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Fire and light were synonymous. You know, they didn't have the switch. You know, they had the torch. And the pillar of fire led them. And Jesus was declaring, I will guide you. I will guide you. God will faithfully lead us. God is a God who speaks. Hallelujah. God speaks to human hearts. You know, you can read it, pass over that in the scripture, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, and the Lord said. God speaks. But sometimes it seems like God's silent. I don't know about you. But I, I haven't met the person with the hotline to heaven. Sometimes it's a struggle, it's a wrestle. It's, oh God, what are you saying? And it's just quiet. But God always guides us. Always, there's a growing sense in one way or another that he will guide us. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God will, if we seek him, he will be found of us. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. So God, he, he is the one who reveals Jesus, the light of the world reveals God. He shows the way and uh, once again for those note takers, he dispels darkness. Someone said there's one thing faster than light and that's darkness in reverse. In the world, there's darkness. When, when we lived in, in uh, Cambodia, every house had a spirit house. Why did they have a little house outside that they made offerings? For fear of the spirits. That life was governed by, by, by how, you, uh, how many offerings you made and whether your 
children would be well or whether you'd have an accident or not or whatever. It was governed. So there's this, this, this dynamic and this fear of evil spirits and, and many of them had seen evil spirits. So they lived in that reality. But, you know, we live in the material West. There's just as much bondage here. <laughs> there's just as much darkness in the West. Um, people are bound by fear, greed, materialism, oppression. They don't know that, that God is the creator. They don't know sin's forgiven. Before I knew Jesus, I believed my life was just at the mercy of fate. I didn't know him. I questioned whether there was such a thing as objective truth. I actually questioned. I sat on a railway station one time. And I thought, is there such a thing as, as objective truth? I thought oh, the answers lay in Eastern religion or where, where's, the, where's truth? And I came to the end of myself and it was then that God brought somebody across my path who put Jesus and truth in the same sentence. They never asked me to church. They never told me a sinner's prayer. But I started to call, I started to call on God and I found that he was really there and that he would reveal himself to my heart and he would dispel the darkness and he would lead me. There was times where I thought, should I go back? But there's only darkness behind. The only place ahead with the words of eternal life was Jesus. I hadn't darkened the door of the church at that stage. I invited myself to church. Jesus, what a wonderful saviour. The light of the world. But he's also the revealer of human hearts, isn't he? When the light shines, you see something of yourself. He, he draws you to repentance. The light comes on. Why? Because he wants to condemn you? No. But because he wants to deliver you. You have a choice when the light's turned on. You always, light always brings a choice. It always, it's just the nature of it. When, the pro, when, when Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up, when the light was turned on of the holiness of God, he said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, depart from me. And then says the angel, took the coal and cleansed his lips. And when Peter had that encounter with Jesus, he said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Jesus brought salvation to Peter. God's purpose is not to bring judgment, but to bring salvation. The chapter 8 where Jesus makes a statement directly after that is the healing of the man born blind. This is a sign. John tells us that the purpose of the book of John's gospel 
is that people, the, the, the message is very clear in John. In John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, it tells us that John was written that people might believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It tells us quite clear. And that, and that if all the things that were written, there wouldn't be enough space. But he focuses on seven miracles. In John, there's seven miracles that John calls signs. So they're a sign. And each of these miracles focus on a spiritual truth about two Jesuses. And the healing of the man born blind is one of those signs. And the I am statements function as summary statements of Jesus' discourses. So the story of the man born blind is not just a, about a, a physical healing. As amazing as that, great to hear this morning, you know, the healing you know, of, of people. Hallelujah. God, God heals. But this story is to illustrate something else about spiritual sight and spiritual blindness. So the light of the world statement hinges around spiritual sight and spiritual blindness. So if you, if you go home and you forget what the preacher says, I'm sure you won't, but remember, light always brings about a decision one way or another towards spiritual sight or towards spiritual blindness. So this is not just about the healing of the man born blind, it's about the Pharisees as well. This, this passage is about the Pharisees and their blindness to who Jesus was. That, that's what this is all about. This, this sign, praise God, this, this man who lived a hopeless existence regained his sight. But that's what this is about. So I'm gonna, we're going to read through this, and um, I usually read the New American Translation. I've just read it because I was bought that when I was first a Christian, and I, you know, that's just what I was given, and I like it as a translation. But um, the guys assured me that the, the New Living Translation would be a, a better fit for reading in church. So I'm, I will read this and then refer. So we won't read the whole thing. Um, I'm sure you'll concentrate. You won't drift. Your minds won't drift off or anything like that. But we will. We will read a few verses and, and make a few comments. Um, so we're reading John chapter one, uh, John chapter nine, verse one. And Jesus was walking along. So it's a great story if we just read it. You know, it's it's kind of even humorous in parts. The story of the man born blind. And he saw a man who had been born blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? Must be, must be, yeah, it must be the reason, one or the other. It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Without Christ, we too were in darkness. No matter how good we, what kind of upstanding life we might have lived in the community, without Christ, we are in darkness. How many sins to make a sinner? One. You know, the chain is broken. You know, one link. 
There is none, Romans says, there's none righteous, not even one. In fact, self-righteousness will hold us back, hold us back. It's only when we see our great need of the Savior, when we see the bad news, we see the good news. When we, when we see that we're sick and we need the physician, we see that we're, oh, you know, the two men went up to the, up to the temple and that man beat his chest and he said, oh, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. That's what we need. On that day, that's what I need. The mercy of God, you know. On that day, the mercy that my king died in my place. That will be my cry. The boast is in the cross of Jesus Christ who died for me. That's our boast, isn't it? The cross of Calvary. That's our boast. Without Christ, we're in darkness. Jesus said we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned to us. I like that. By the one who sent us, the night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. God has a, for us Christians, God has a, a, a task assigned to us, a, a purpose in this life. His light shines through us as, as those who know Christ. Paul said to open their eyes that they might turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they might receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. We have a job to do in this dark world, to shine forth the light of Christ by the power of his spirit. Then it says, uh, Jesus spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, spread the mud over the blind man's eyes and told him to go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Siloam meant sense. So the man went away and washed and came back seeing. Now, Jesus didn't always rub mud into eyes or send people off to the pool of Siloam. It wasn't like there was a special technique. But in this case, he told him, the man hadn't seen Jesus at this point. He just went off to the, I don't know how he got there. Perhaps someone led him by the hand or whatever. Um, But he responded to the little, something about what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to respond to that. He responded to that light. And the neighbours and others who, in verse 8, knew him as a blind beggar, asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was. Others said, no, he looks like him. The big beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. They asked, who healed you? What happened? He told them, the man, the man, the man. They called Jesus. He didn't know a lot at that point. He hadn't done a theological degree. You know, all he knew is, the man called Jesus. I didn't know a lot of theology when I darkened the door of a church. The man called Jesus. He responded to Jesus. And he, the man they called Jesus made mud and he spread it over my eyes and told me, go to the pool of Siloam, wash yourself. So I went and, so I went and washed and now I see. Where is he now, they asked. I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. Don't know if that was such a good idea. 
Because it was on the Sabbath. Ah, huh. Jesus had made mud on the Sabbath. Hmm. Did a bit of work there. And the Pharisees asked the man about him, so he told them. He put mud over my eyes and I washed it away and I could see. So the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus, is not from God. See their response to the light? He's not from God. For he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a division of opinion. There's a division today, isn't there? There's a division in the world today about Jesus. There's a division. Where the gospel is preached, there's a division. Where the light shines, there's a division. There's a deep division of opinion among them. A lot of opinions in the world. What we, but, 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 but what we decide regarding Jesus is what matters. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? See the progression? The man replied, I think, I think he must be a prophet. I think he must be a prophet. And the Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man who had been blind and, and could see. So they called his parents and they, and, and they asked them, is this your son? Was he born blind? How can he now see? And his parents replied, we know this is our son. He was born blind, but how? Uh, we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He's old enough to speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who announced that someone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said he's old enough, ask him. Confessing Christ, we've heard this morning about Indonesia. Confessing Christ is costly. In many parts of the world, confessing Christ is costly. To be ostracized from your community is a costly thing. For many of the Cambodians, you know, to be shut out is costly. It's costly. But he's the pearl of great price, isn't he? He's the pearl of great price. People won't be disappointed on that day when they see him face to face. So a second time they called the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man was Jesus as a sinner. Fancy saying that about the one who is holy, who is sinless, who is the Lamb of God. Fancy making that declaration. Talk about blindness. This man is a sinner. They reject the light. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind, and now I can see. But what did he do, they asked. How, how did he heal you? You know, tell us all about this, you know. We want, we want every last bit about what happened. Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they cursed him. People are going to curse us, aren't they? People are going to curse us. And said, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. 
We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't know where this man's from. Why? That's strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes. You don't know where he's from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. Now he says, see the light, further progression of light. This man's from God. He's from God. Doesn't know, he still doesn't know a whole lot, but he says, you know, he's a man. He's a prophet. He's from God. You're born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. And when Jesus heard what had happened, he found the man and asked, do you believe in the Son of Man? I'm so glad Jesus found that man, but I'm so glad Jesus found me. Are you glad Jesus found you? That he came to seek and save the lost. He is still seeking and saving the lost. When we, have, when we have a divine appointment with someone, God's already at work long before we got there. God is working in human hearts, drawing people to himself. God can give us divine appointments to speak into people's lives. He is, he is already at work. We just have to get on board with what he's doing. What are you doing in this person's life, Lord? Sometimes it's just sitting and listening to somebody, having a cup of coffee with them, just listening, looking for the bubbles, looking for the pain, seeing, seeing what, listening to their life story, listening to people. If you're good at listening, you can be a good communicator. Listen to people's pain, and they will sense it intuitively that you care. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you care and love people, doors will open and you have opportunity to share the love of Jesus. And, and, and if you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, just do the next thing. Could be giving them something. Just, just do the next thing that the Holy Spirit directs you to. Don't have your prepackaged plan. Just listen and hear the pain in people's lives today. And, and, and the Holy Spirit can give you the word to speak into, the, into that person's life at that point of time. That divine appointment, oh God, please give me divine appointments that I can, that I can share something of Jesus with somebody as I listen to their heart and, and feel their pain and reflect something of the character of God. That's, that's what we're called to do, isn't it? Not have all the answers, but declare the excellencies of God, Peter says, of him who called you out of darkness into his glorious light. Hallelujah. When Jesus heard this had happened, he found the man. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Do you believe in the Son of Man? Good thing to ask questions. Be good at asking questions. I could, if we had time, I could give you seven good questions to ask people. Be, be good at asking questions. The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him, Jesus said. He is speaking to you. Yes, Lord, I believe, the man said, and he worshipped him. The man not only gained physical sight, but spiritual sight. He came to know the saviour of the world and worshipped him. 
Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of the life. It's conditional on whether we follow him or not. The light comes. What, what choice am I going to make? There, were, there was a time in my life where I didn't want to listen to Christians. There was a time in my life where I, I had no time to listen to Christians. But there comes a time where you have to make a choice. Then Jesus told him, I have entered the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing by heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? He said, if you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So it seems like this contradiction because in John 3 it says, I didn't come to bring judgment, but, it, but here Jesus is saying, I came to bring judgment. Well, what is it? It's the light that decides. There's a response to the light is the judgment. He doesn't bring judgment in the sense that he came to condemn the world. He came to bring salvation. But when the light comes, there is a, there is a choice. For the blind man, he responded to the light. This is what the story is all about and was saved. Whereas the Pharisees rejected the light of Jesus, when confronted with truth, they held fast their pride and weren't willing to follow him. Sometimes pride will hold us back. Pride will keep us from following Jesus. They had seen miracles, knew of his miraculous birth and his sinless life, but they rejected the truth, blindness. Pharisees were jealous. They even sent officers to arrest Jesus. Jesus was a wanted man. Why? Because they said he claimed to be God. They couldn't prove anything else against him he was the sinless lamb of God put me up on trial find lots of things Jesus the only thing that he was tried for was that he claimed deity this is judgment that light came into the world people love the darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil for everyone who does evil hates the light hates the light here it is again and does not come to the light so that his deeds will be exposed. But the one who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds will be revealed as having been performed in God. So response to the light. So I'll leave you with a a challenge this morning. Firstly, I don't know, in an auditorium like this, if there's somebody who, who hasn't met Jesus, you're on a, maybe you're on a spiritual journey. This morning, you're like I was. But, but you're, you're still, it's all a bit foggy. You know, you can't see spiritually. You'll see, I don't know, there could be someone here this morning who's searching for answers, going, what's this all about? You know, like, like I was. Is there such a thing as truth? I don't know about this religious thing, Christians, all this stuff. But I want answers. If you're that person, um, I encourage you, come and I'd be willing to talk to you. I'm sure there's others here that'd be willing to talk to you, to sit down, to listen to some of your story, what's going on in your life. Come and uh, I would encourage you today that he is able to reveal himself to your heart. 
Secondly, if you are a believer this morning and you've been on the road a long time, there's more of him. There's more of him. Hosea says, so let us know, let us press on to know the Lord, for as surely as the dawn he will come, as the dewdrops kiss the morning grass, so he will come to his own. So firstly, if you don't know Christ, secondly, you know him, you've walked a long time with him, there's more of him. There's more of Jesus. We see in a mirror dimly. He wants to reveal more of himself. Paul said, this thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, pressing forward to what lies ahead, that I might know him. And lastly, to carry out the tasks assigned to us. So the last challenge today is that we are about the business of seeing his light into what part of the world? No, the whole world. His purpose and plan from Genesis to Revelation has been always that all nations, that the people that live in darkness will see the light of, the, of God. Those that don't know about the Creator will come to, to know the Creator. Not only know, know Him, but they'll know they can have a relationship with Him and they, they will know that Jesus died in the, on the cross for them and their sins can be forgiven. Uh, so there are still people who are in spiritual darkness longing for dawn. There's still people longing for dawn. The night is long. He is the light of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We've sung this morning, Jesus, light of the world. Uh, There's freedom in his name. We thank you there's no other name given among men by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just lift our hearts to you today and say, God, we want to know you more. We want to see more of you. In your light, we see light. So God, we press on to know you. And Lord, I, I just pray for anyone here this morning who, who doesn't know you, that they will come into a relationship with you, the light of the world. Amen.